Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Talk Nerdy to Me Radio. It is our music and movie edition. It is Tuesday, November 23rd. I am Megan, and I'm here with the ever-lovely Kristen. What's up, Kristen? Nothing. What are you doing? I'm super excited to be here. I'm doing it. Me too. And I'm doing a show with you. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Best part Good of your story, day. <laughs> it was. It's actually the most lively part of my day, which is good. I've been mainly cleaning today. Um, but we have a lot of good things to talk about. So obviously we have some music and movie updates to talk to you guys about. We have some reviews of movies to do. Um, and then we are doing our actor spotlight on Heath Ledger, um, someone who was taken from us far too soon. Um, that I think is an amazing actor and probably would have done amazing things to more years of amazing things um, if he was still here. Uh, So we'll be celebrating his talents um, for the second half. I I distinctly remember when I learned about him passing away. I'll (laughs) I'll talk about that more when we talk about him, but I was very upset because he's probably my first, like, hardcore crush um, like, like, Aww, not like the, so like, cute. like the JPT, like, you know, like, not the, like, the, the kitty crushes, but my first, like, like, past puberty crush. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> he has, a, he has a deep meaning for me, so I, we will talk more about that once he we get there. He died so what? long ago. He did, like, too long ago. <laughs> Makes me Like, I old. was looking at it, yeah, when we were doing, I was looking at things, you know, which movies I wanted to talk about and stuff, I was like, 2008? <laughs> I was like, my kid wasn't yeah. even born when he died. I was, like, uber pregnant. Yeah. I was at UC Davis doing my, my college thing. I was a college student. You were a child. <laughs> birthing children. That's so fun. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get to entertainment news. You are super excited about something that you want to share the world because you are a huge nerd in this fandom world. So give it to us, Kristen. Y'all, Jurassic Y'all. World has been postponed like a thousand times, I feel like, because of COVID, stupid COVID. So I'm super stoked <laughs> that today a new prologue trailer dropped for Jurassic World Dominion. It's a whole five minutes long, guys. I watched the entire thing like six times, so I wasted a good hour on Jurassic World. Um, it's really good to do a glimpse of like that dumb mosquito that started all this nonsense and um, moves on into a glimpse of dinosaurs running through the wild. 
which is going to, and like current times, which is going to be super fun. Lots of people are going to get eaten. I was like cheering it on in the trailer. There's like a drive-in movie at theater. And I was like, yes, he's going to eat all the people. And my friend was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I was like, it's going to be good. So, so when you watch, so, when you watch Jurassic Park, you root for the dinosaurs. Yes. So Thanksgiving is coming up, as we all know. And every Thanksgiving, I watch all the Jurassic Park movies um, in order from start to finish throughout the day. And super stoked. Um, it's getting to a point, though, where it takes me really long, obviously, to watch them all. But um, everyone's like, true. why Jurassic Park on Thanksgiving? Why not, like, football and stuff? I'm like, listen, I watched some football. I watched some uh, Macy's Parade. Um, but what's wrong with it? Like, we're being gluttons and eating all the food. Dinosaurs are being gluttons and eating all the people. Sounds about right. I don't see what's wrong okay, with so it. Okay, you, so you, you, feel, you feel the deep relatability towards dinosaurs. <laughs> right. Me and the T-Rex are like besties. <laughs> Sounds good. I got you. All right, cool. Um, also today, um, Grammy nominations were announced, uh, which I was super excited about. Um, just because I've made some predictions. I've made some bold statements on this show, and I wanted to see if my bold statements would come to fruition, and I think that they will. Um, One so, of them did. Yep. Um, so, so first of all, the, the number one winner, like not the number one winner, but the number one nominated person is John Batista with 11 nominations. He's had a really good year. Um in terms of just the type of music he's doing and how it's been received critically. Um, another person who um, got a lot of nominations is my girl, Olivia Rodrigo, seven nominations. Well, this is the uh, one. And I, that's the one yeah, that you guessed. That she, the, she's going to win Best New yeah. Artist. Um, yes, and looking at the people who are nominated, just to give you – just so I think she will win for sure – Best New Artist. I think she has a pretty good shake for Best Album of the Year, but I don't think she has enough years under her belt to sway the really old established people who are in charge of the Grammys. But I do think for sure that she will win Best New Artist. So the Best New Artist nominations, first of all, they have increased the amount of people they nominate. It is ridiculous at this point. Um <laughs> so here are all the nominations for Best New Artist. Aruj Avtab, Jimmy Allen, Baby Keem, Phineas, Glass Animals, Japanese Breakfast, The Kid Leroy, Arlo Parks, Olivia Rodriguez, and Saweetie. Now, I think probably the only competition she has probably in this category is Phineas, but Olivia Rodrigo, with the amount of success she's had this year and how critically acclaimed her album is, how solid it is, I just can't see anyone else winning in this category other than Olivia Rodrigo. So I didn't that know was a single person else on that list. <laughs> so that so that is a good indicator that <laughs> that she is most likely going to win. But isn't it crazy how many people are nominated? I like just not just to sound old. I remember a day when they just had five people nominated. Yeah, now we have like the one, number, two, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now we have ten. We have double that. So ten nominations for everything instead of the five. Uh, I think the reason they're doing that, if I had, I'm, they will tell you one thing, but if I had to guess why they're doing that, 
is because they've been knocked for not having enough diversity. So this is their way to have more diversity nods without actually having diversity. That is my yeah. cynical, um, cynical idea for why they're doing this. Uh, but there has been some notable subs. Um, a lot of people thought that Drake would have more um, success at the Grammys, but they, he's been pretty much overlooked this year. Uh, BTS only got one nomination. Um, Miley Cyrus also got overlooked. Or Ariana Grande, Megan Thee Stallion. Um, there's definitely been some subs. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, Ed Sheeran um, also got nominated for one thing, uh, which is Bad Habits for the Song of the Year. Um, but so far, it seems like it's a lot of young people um, that have been nominated. Um, and the only thing I know for sure is that Olivia Rodrigo is going to win Best New Artist of the Year. You heard it here twice. Yeah. That's how confident I am. Twice. <laughs> So if she does not win it, I will have to come back on here for an apology to her um, for being so wrong. <laughs> but I, I, when are I the Grammys? Think I will. January? <laughs> the Grammys are not going to happen until January. Yep. So we have a bit of wait. Um, <laughs> but I promise if I'm wrong, I will I will grovel. So that is and the full list, as always, if you want to keep see more in terms of genres as best, you know, and, and all that, you can head to um, the Grammy website to see all of the nominations for every category um, if you want to learn more. All right. That's awesome. So let's go to the Billboard Top 200. Um, so I'll start with uh, number five. Uh, number five is Dangerous, the Double Album by Morgan Whalen. It's been in the top five for about 44 weeks. Number four is Equals by Ed Sheeran. It's been a second week. Um, I have to say this. I love Ed Sheeran. Um, I knew him before he was famous. I said to Kristen, we need to get him on our show in our archaic radio days because I think this person was going to become really famous. Remember that, Kristen? (laughs) I do, and then Um, I delayed and delayed, and next thing I know, he was huge, and I was like, dang it! It's like we missed that window. Um, But I was actually pretty underwhelmed by the album of Equals. Um, One of my friends texted me and said, um, so this is what happens when Ed gets gets old and boring. (laughs) This is the diversity of sound that Ed has. It's not a bad album by any means. It's still a good album, but it's just that it's not one of my favorites. But Ed Sheeran, that's me reviewing right there. Um, Equals by Ed Sheeran, number four. Uh, Number three, Certified Lover Boy by Drake, which has been in the top five for ten weeks. Number two is Old School and debuting in the top five um, is Voyage by ABBA. And number one is Still Over It by Summer Walker, also um, first week in the countdown. For top five songs <laughs> of the, <laughs> you're like, who are these people? Billboard <laughs> um, Top 100, um, number five, "Smoking Out the Window" by Silk Sonic. That's the collaboration between Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Number four, "Industry Baby" by Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow. Number three, "Stay" by The Kid, Leroy, and Justin Bieber. And number two, "Easy on Me" by Adele. Um, it's been on. 
the countdown for six weeks. And number one, the the biggest talked about song um, in the media over the last week is All Too Well, Taylor's version. This is the um, almost 10-minute song, song off of, of, of Taylor Swift on her version of the Red Album because men suck, basically, is why she's doing that. Have you listened to it? That's awesome. So, no, I haven't. I've listened to part of her album now that it's out because um, I love Taylor Swift and I love some of that album. Um, I've listened to some of Adele. This is like the most I've actually listened to music in a long time because I require so many book reviews that most of my driving yeah. and is audiobook. But I've yeah, had time to listen yeah. to some of these albums. But I have not heard this 10-minute song yet. So I'm intrigued. Okay, so it is, but I have heard it is about so it. good. It is so, so good. It is, a, it, is a, it is a 10-minute song that doesn't sound like a 10-minute song. Because <laughs> usually, like, usually with the songs like 8 to 9 minutes, they usually have, like, those really long, like, you know, guitar riffs that make the song really, like, uh, great for music to nerds but not listenable to anyone else who has any sensibility um, <laughs> outside of the music realm. But the song is really good. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal, so it will definitely change your opinion about Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, in a good way or a bad way? In a very bad way, yes. Um, and oh, she's not confirmed. This is all like work. this is all rumored, <laughs> obviously. Um, and she even <laughs> she even um, had created like a like a short film with Dylan O'Brien and. Um, to kind of play it out, and it's it's I definitely recommend watching that too. Um, but it's, it's such a beautiful song. It's probably my favorite song on the Red Album Taylor version. Um, it's just such a poetic song, and so raw, and just so good. So I I enjoy, and it's it's the first song to be of this length to be number one in the top one hundred outside of American Pie. So it's been a minute since we've had a song this long mm. at the number one spot. So check it out if you haven't listened to it. It's really good. All right. As for music releases, um, over the last week, um, Adele dropped out her, dropped her new album, 30. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to it all the way through. I've heard songs, but not all of it. Um but it's Adele, so you know it's going to be some powerhouse vocals. Uh, Raise the Roof by Robert Plant and Allison Cross is out. At the Piano by Brian Wilson um, from the Beach Boys. Willie Nelson, Family by Willie Nelson. Snoop Dogg Presents the Algorithm by Snoop Dogg. So a lot of old school people coming out of the woodworks, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yep. as for music yep. that's going to be released next Friday, I mean, wait, this Friday? Um, on November 26th, uh, we have Ascension Codes by Cynic, um, Innocence of Protection by Fawns of Love, I Thought of You by Julie Dorian. Um, only three albums coming out this Friday. Thanksgiving week is never a good release week. So that's why you only have three things right there. Um, so that is for new music. And are you ready for my recommendation for you? <laughs> I'm always ready because you usually give me a good one, so bring it on. Okay. 
His name is Noah Khan, and I'm trying to go see him in concert in December at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Um, I, if I had to pick an artist who is basically taking my stage of life and my stage of brain, like how I'm dealing with life and putting it into song, it would be him. Just every song I listen to is just like, oh, my God, that's me. Like, that's how I'm feeling. Like, oh, my God. Like, it's just every song. There's not a song that doesn't fit that. So if you want to understand me as a person, listen to all his songs. <laughs> but um, it's also just a really good musician. He's a folk pop alternative indie type of um, singer-songwriter. So here is... Um, I'll start with Passenger. So here's the song Passenger. off from there. Um, so that's Noah Khan's Passenger. I like it. What do you what do you, you like it? I uh, do, I like it. It reminds me of hold on, it reminds me of um oh my god, is his name Passenger or is that the name of the song too? His his name is Passenger, <laughs> yes, yes. Very similar <laughs> um voice styles. I like Noah Khan's yes. writing a little bit better than Passenger's writing. I think it just, it's more open. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, very similar, similar style. Weird. Yeah. I like it. Um, and here is Noah Khan Castrifies. Take off me, I breathe Thought hold me strong when old loss comes to meet me. Keep my fingers crossed, keep my knees weak. Aren't we all such fragile things? And maybe remember the past, but not hang on to our old ways. It's pity life at the jokes we tell in bad taste. All my friends think I'm funny in a sad way, but they know not how they speak. Hope I got while you sit and wait for time to change your luck. Help it up those So that is Noah Khan catastrophize. Um, awesome. I just think he is he is so good at turning a phrase when it comes to like mental health and when it comes to just kind of feeling lost in the world. That's kind of his theme. Um, and he just I just think he his lyrics is the strongest part of of who he is as a singer songwriter. So check out Noah Khan. His stuff is on Spotify. Um, he has a few albums, I Was slash I Am, that just came out this year. Um, and then there's Busy Head, which is a really solid, solid album. So check the him out, learn more about him. I think he's brilliant. Uh, I will. I just added him to Apple Music, so. <laughs> You're going to add that to your to your list? It's already done. I already did it. <laughs> <clears throat> Sweet. All right. So what's going on with movies? 
All right, so movies, um, there's actually a little bit going on. So I'm going to start with number five in the box office for this weekend, this past weekend. So Venom, Let There Be Carnage, out by Sony, is up to $206.6 million now. Um, total since its release. Um, in fourth, you got King Richard from Warner Bros. Um, total is only $5.4 million, which is interesting to me. Um, and I think that's a limited release, too. Uh, and then in third, you got Clifford the Big Red Dog, which I'm weirdly curious to see because I grew up with Clifford's <laughs> book. So I'm like, I kind of want to see this movie. It's by Warner Brothers. Um, or I'm sorry, Paramount. And it's up to $33.5 million, which is respectable these days in movies because people just still aren't going as much as they used to. No. Um, and then in second, Eternals. Uh, from Disney, it's 136.1 mil, uh, which is great. I'm sad about Eternals because Why are you sad I about love it? me some. Um, I love me some superhero movies, right? But yeah. now I can't watch movies that have Angelina Jolie in them, and I hear she's in this movie. <laughs> so I can't watch it like, now. She's like one of 30 I people I, in that but movie. I, can't, I know, but I have a moral code that I do not see Angelina Jolie movies for my own personal preferences on her life choices. And so I refuse to support a movie that has her in it. And so now I can't watch Eternals. Stupid Disney for casting her. Dumb. <laughs> cast her in other things, but I haven't watched those either. That's right. I've never seen okay. Maleficent. <laughs> Um, and wow. then first, the movie I do want to see is Ghostbusters Afterlife by Sony. Opening weekend, $44 million, so pretty good. I'm a big fan of Ghostbusters, so I'm very interested to see this film. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know it was on my list. I'm definitely Eternals is probably the next movie I'm going to watch because... Well, good. I, you can just give me the rundown. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the rundown, yes. Uh, and I'll be like, I'll be real, I'll be real mad if she rolls, if she rolls up in like a Marvel Avengers movie. I'm be mad because I'm not gonna be able to see it. <laughs> but like out of like it's an ensemble cast, so like she may only be in it for like 15 minutes. <laughs> it's 15 minutes too long. That's 15 minutes worth of paycheck she's getting if I go see that movie. Okay, I won't argue the point. <laughs> um, right up, have you? So I know you've been doing lots and lots of reading. Um, have you been able to do some movies lately? I haven't. I haven't watched any. So my life is so busy Monday through Friday that I'm usually go 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 from about four a.m. until about eight p.m. and then I fall into bed asleep like I woke up at a, a, the other day and I like went to the bathroom and I was coming out my daughter was like what are you doing up mom and I was like what time is it she's like it's only 11 because I'd been asleep for like three hours already so I haven't watched anything <laughs> well I feel really bad but I'm hoping well, to do some movie catch-up this weekend yes uh, and I've watched a couple at least a couple that I, I, I wish to talk about so I've seen Shang-Chi uh, which is the second latest um, MCU movie. Um, honestly, if I had to give like the best thing about it, it has some of the most beautiful fight scenes in probably all of the MCU movies. 
the fight scenes are are gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's very entertaining. Um, I would say it's probably mid to high level um, on my ranking of the MCU movies. Um, nothing really drastically horrific about it. Um, I wouldn't say it was like the most amazing MCU movie ever um, either, um, but definitely worth going. Um, and I do appreciate it. And I know that this movie means so much to so many people um, being that it is a Asian character um, in the midst of so many white superheroes. Um, so definitely go see it if you haven't. I think it's a great entertaining movie. Um, so go check it out um, if you haven't. Um, and then the other movie that I just literally watched was Tick, Tick, Boom on um, Netflix. Now, Chris, do you know okay. anything about Tick, Tick, Do you know anything about Tick, I know Tick, nothing. Boom? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, so basically, it is a, um, a play musical type of story. Um, that is a autobiographical musical uh, that is written by Jonathan Larson, who is the musical playwright for Rent, um, who sadly died the night before Rent premiered on Broadway. Um, and he's credited to be such an influence to so many people. Um, it was directed by Miranda. Uh, Lynn Miranda, um, who's done Hamilton, and all basically the the most modern hits on Broadway, um, and it's so entertaining. And I learned a lot about um, who Jonathan Larson was, and I thought Andrew Garfield did a great job um, playing this character. I didn't know that Andrew Garfield could sing. <laughs> that was like well, that's probably the most surprising part. Um, and yeah, so I think it's a great film. Um, if you love musicals and you love, you're a huge fan of Rent, if you're a nerd of, of that, of that particular musical that I think you'd really enjoy, um, click, click, boom. So that's been my movie watching. Well, that's cool. I'll try to catch up and, uh, give you some next time we're here. I promise. It's just been, I don't know. This year's draining, man. I get it, dude. Weird. I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to hear about what's coming soon to theaters? And I picked a weird array because yes. there's a lot of movies, but I just picked a couple. Okay. I'm ready. So I'm super excited for House of Gucci. I don't know why, um, because it's not something I've ever shown interest in before, but I think... Lady Gaga is phenomenal as an actress and so, and a singer, but her acting is something to be seen. So I'm super excited to see House of Gucci and that comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. So very excited for that. Um, and then coming up here, I think it's the same day, yeah, tomorrow is Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, I'm a fan of the Resident Evil video game, so that's why this excites me. Um, and then there's sense. a lot of little things, but the, I think the biggest release coming up is Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th. And yes. I have, I've been to the theater twice since 
things have lifted this year and I got my vaccines and everything. I went twice this summer and then I didn't go. I haven't gone again, but I'm going to the theater to see this movie because I want to see Spider-Man No Way Home for sure. (laughs) Me too. I am also going to the theater and I am so excited and so nervous. Uh, whenever, Whenever MCU movies get released, it's like this combination of like, oh my God! And also, like, I hope they don't mess it up. <laughs> well, um, have you you've seen you've seen the other Spider Mans, yeah, the Andrew Garfield Spider Mans. Yeah. Yes. So, aside from the obvious terribleness of Uncle Ben dying in any Spider Man movie, and sorry if you haven't seen him, guys, spoiler alerts right here. Um, <laughs> the the second worst death in any movie I've ever seen was Andrew Garfield when his his Spider Man didn't catch what's her face um Gwen and she died yeah. so what you're saying the, is like, that... I was in the movie theater and I looked at my friend that was with me and I was like did you know I was so mad and I was like oh my god I was devastated so the fact that they're so Andrew a similar a similar oh, thing in this yeah. one I'm not okay my emotions are a little like <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully Tom Holland has better grip than Andrew Garfield. Oh my God! Just be a little faster, please. <laughs> I am also nervous about yeah. that too because I love Zendaya and I want more Zendaya in my life. So, yeah, yeah. So okay. that's just kind of where I'm. At. Uh, but I'm super excited. I'll let for you it. know. It's gonna be. It also seems like it's gonna be an incredibly important film for the overall story of the phase that MCU uh-huh. is in right now. So it will be good. Gonna be All right. So good. Are you ready for Heath Ledger? Dude, I was born ready. What are you talking about? Break it off. <laughs> born okay. I'm born good. ready to talk about Heath right. Ledger. <laughs> so um, I need to start off by saying that I adore Heath Ledger on so many different levels. Like, it's really hard for me, like, to even talk about. So I was, like, trying to, like, I'm, like, I'm doing a show about Heath Ledger, which I have to talk about it, but I have a really hard time talking about it. So I'm going to grow as a person your and idea. force myself to talk. <laughs> I know, this was my idea. Um, so first of all, um, so Heath Ledger, like I said, he was probably one of my first big crushes. Um Basically, I saw 10 things I hate about you, and I liked his attitude, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then it kind of built from there. Simple. So cute. All right. Um, but, um, <laughs> but he, so the story of me learning that he died tragically was I was, I had a really horrible schedule in the fall um, of 2008 where I had, like, two really early classes at, like, 7, and then I was done at 10, and then I had to go to an evening class. So, like, I had, like, this downtime in my mid. So, I had to to wake up early. Like, it was the stupidest schedule. I could go back in time and just slap myself in the face. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) so I was in between, and so I did my early classes, and then I did some work, and then I was taking a nap before my my evening class. And when I woke up from my nap, um, I got a text message from one of my friends, Jeanette. He was like, did you hear about Heath Ledger? And I was like, what are you talking about? And so I went online and immediately 
I saw that he died. And I was just, like, shell-shocked. And I was supposed to go to my my lecture in 45 minutes. I literally debated whether or not I could go. <laughs> um, but I went because I was, like, it's a stupid reason not to go to class. <laughs> like, I was going to email my professor. I'm sorry, professor. Can't go to class today. Heath Ledger died. Um, so I went to class, but, like, the whole thing at the class, I swear, like, I was just, like, in, in slow motion. Um, just being like, because I didn't, he wasn't on my radar of P, like, there's always celebrities that you're always worried about, right? That you, who have lived recklessly, who you're like, I cannot believe you're still alive. And some of those people that I was worried about in 2008 are still alive today, and I'm still worried about them. Um, but he wasn't on my radar of anyone that I was thinking that was going to be doing stuff that would potentially put himself at harm. So his death was a shock. Um, so that's kind of my my story into it. But the reason I love Heath Ledger is because he picks movies that really push him. And you could see, and that might have been his downfall, to be honest. Um, but he, he picked movies that really, like, stretched him to kind of, like, think about the human condition, like outside of his comedies, mm-hmm. which he was really good at, um, he really, really focused in on like the idea of what is this character going for, going through, and he just had that mindset. So like, to, so when I have to like describe Heath Ledger as an actor, I would say it's just full on like raw physical acting. Um, I agree. Because in every role wondered, that I think of, it goes in. Yeah. I was just going to say that, like, I agree because I feel like his roles and the reason I think he's so unique and why I love his acting is I feel like, I don't know if he was a method actor or not. I don't know that. Um, but I feel like he put every ounce of energy into being his character. And you could just tell by how well he did every character from schoolboy to the Joker to, you know, like, there's so many different roles he did. And yeah, I feel like he did, like you said, he did roles that kind of stretched him and there was a lot of emotion in many of his roles. And I, I'm curious if that played a part in maybe his choice to use drugs or depression or whatever the causes may have been that took part in him dying. But I feel like yeah. he felt things deeper and maybe that took a part of if that. And I definitely could. Like he definitely has a, a rawness to his acting and you can, you could see it in all of them. Like even with, even with 10 things I hate about you, which is just like a teenage comedy, you can see it where you could really start to see it was Brokeback Mountain. Like, every word, every word that Agnet, like, his character, Angus, like, talked hurt. And you could tell it hurt. Um, And I was so pissed (laughs) that he did not get an Oscar for that one. Um, Because, like, you just watch it. Around that movie. Like, like him just saying, like, a sentence made me cry. Like, it was just, it was, it's just a way, like, Jake Gyllenhaal. Sorry to bring him up because of Taylor Swift. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm cheating. I'm I like him. Right I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but go on. <laughs> Um, Jake Gyllenhaal has a different style of acting. It's very like it's very fluid. So even though Jake Gyllenhaal's character was going through pain, it I it it just didn't sing the rawness of Heath Ledger. Does that make sense? Like it just it yeah. Heath Ledger's acting just like is like it's like a punch. <laughs> like it's like it's it's a punch through like brick wall, and you could just feel like the emoting of it so much. But anyway, so that's that, that. I mean, I think that's like because we we've been talking about Robin Williams and like the different adjectives, and I think for um, for Heath Ledger, I think it's definitely the 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 rawness. It kind of reminds me of Daniel Day Lewis. Um, okay, yeah. Um, and there's a reason why Daniel Day Lewis does a movie once every five years, <laughs> which is probably what Heath Ledger probably should have done. <laughs> um, is because he he. He gives everything, and then he's exhausted. Um, and and Heath Ledger was doing a couple movies every year, pretty much, um, since he started. So, but he definitely has that like rawness quality that reminds me of Daniel Day Lewis, which is why I thought for sure that if given enough time, he would have been of the caliber of Daniel Day Lewis, in my personal opinion. I agree. I agree. I just. I always liked Heath Ledger um, from an early from early on. Um, Ten things I hate about you, of course. Um, but <laughs> something like if he if he was still around and like he had wrote a book, I'd have read it. And I don't read a lot of like these or autobiographies about actors just because I really don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> um, and so. Yeah. Like I just there's sometimes things are better left unknown, and that's that's some of them. But like I find him such a fascinating like individual, and I feel like there's so many, so much depth to him that it would be, it would have been so interesting to like crawl inside his head for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's um I don't know who if you know who Ben Harper is. Do you know Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals? I do not. At least not. Okay, so Ben Ben Harper is a singer songwriter, kind of like Jack Johnson, like probably like hippie pot music is probably best described as it. Um, And um, he was friends with Heath Ledger, and he um, he collaborated with Ben Harper to write a song about his daughter Matilda um, that he put on his album. Um, so just like he, and he was a photographer. So like he, he was a definitely a deep soul, um, which is why he had mental health issues, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. cause you don't have that deep seated insomnia that you would use that kind of amount of sleeping pills if you didn't have mental health issues. Um, but he, he just was a deep soul and you could tell by his work that he was a deep soul. <laughs> so let's go over our favorites. Our favorites pretty much overlap. For, for the most part. <laughs> so um, let's start off where it all began then. So 10 Things I Hate About You um, is we both mentioned that and it, as being our favorites. So what was it about Heath mm-hmm. in this movie that you enjoyed? I, I don't even, I just, I like the idea of this movie a lot. Um, I actually just watched this movie like 
three days ago. So there's a movie I watched. There you go. I watched a movie. I was half asleep doing it, but yeah. I watched it, and it was amazing. Um, it's probably the Heath Ledger movie I've seen the most. Oh, yeah. His character is just so funny. Um, like, it was that typical teenage movie, but then you had this, like, smoking, swearing, I don't give a damn character that wasn't really common in the movies then in the late 90s, early 2000s, where, I mean, you had, like, the jerk, of course, in any teen movie, but he wasn't, like, a literal bad boy in most of those. I just, so, I just think, I just love, I don't know, he did such a good job with that role. I agree, he's really good, Um, he is a pretty good comedic actor, um, I have to say. Um, so I, I think he, in terms of that, he's good, but he's just, he has this like rogue, a rogue charming personality, um, which is like, he's a, he is a bad boy, but you, you're drawn to him and you trust him. And his, his character has so many lines that I use for my own life, right? Like he says, so one of the, the quotes he says in that movie is, uh, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to use that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. of course, his epic, like, you can't, like, the epic singing in the stadium high school in oh. Washington down the yeah. line, like, that's such an epic scene. Um, it's it's, it's yeah. such a great movie, and and, and Patrick is a, is a great, great character, and Heath Ledger My, does great with him. My favorite line it just it's a funny thing it's not anything deep or anything was when they're in the bar and he's sitting there and they're like cat likes pretty guys and he looks at them and he stands up he's like you don't think i'm pretty <laughs> and i was like you're very pretty it's fine yes um but yes um it, it's always good um and then just to to continue on with the the comedy side of things um a knight's tale um another great movie that makes me laugh um and again um it's it's a a medieval story told with modern music which i think is fun um and he just again just super funny he again plays with a lot of heart but like a raw heartness like even with his character william there's a desperateness to him um of of wanting to change his destiny and become that knight and be that athlete he wants to be when he's born a peasant. Um, and that movie is so freaking funny. I'm not a fan of, so like, medieval time movies or shows or anything, but A Night's Tale, I've seen it probably 150, 200 times. From the moment it came out, I watched it with, like, my dad and my brother, all the way up until now. I think I just watched this like a month ago. Um, I came home and somebody in my house was watching it and I watched it with them. And I don't know, it's just, it's funny and it's like a classic love story where guy wants girl, girl is unattainable from what you could tell. And so, I don't know, it's just good. Yep, it's, it's a good movie. Um, and then we both have Birth Backbone. Yes. So why um, why Brokeback Mountain? Brokeback Mountain for me was one. I think it was like 
it was that first big shove. I think it got snubbed from the awards. I think that's why he didn't win an award for it uh, because it, it kind of stepped out of the norms. Like, oh my God, we're not we're not just talking about a gay relationship. We're showing you a gay relationship on the screen, intimate moments. And I think both him and Hello Jake Gyllenhaal all up in our conversation today, um, they did fantastic with this film. Like, this was dark and gritty and deep. And I just think, honestly, any I don't know of any two other actors that I would have been like, yeah, they'd be perfect for this role. Mm-hmm. And I think it, like, set a precedent that, like, okay, we can make different types of movies. They don't all have to be the same. No, it's true. Or make you um, comfortable. And yes. The the thing that I was mad about, so, Jake, so the Oscars did, um, they did get noms. Ang Lee, I think, won for um, Best Director. The reason I got mad is Jake Gyllenhaal um, got nominated and Heath Ledger didn't. Um, and I felt it was nepotism <laughs> um, for why Jake Gyllenhaal was nominated and Heath Ledger was not because Jake Gyllenhaal comes from Hollywood elite um, and literal royalty. Um, and so it made no sense that Heath Ledger wasn't nominated as well. So that's why I am bitter towards the Oscars for this because I felt like they both did good roles but I think that he said you brought the pain. I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal brought the pain as much as he said you did. But that's my own opinion. But there was definitely some nepotism. <laughs> Does that make sense? So it looks like uh, Kristen was dropped, so I'm going to keep talking. Um, so one of the movies that I liked um, that Kristen did not put on her list um, was The Four Feathers. Um, the Four Feathers is a story that um, has been told before, and again, Heath Ledger just plays the hell out of his character, and it's such a moving and gripping story. Kristen, you're back! I'm back, I'm sorry! But I've never seen it's The, all the Four Feathers. I've never even heard of it. <laughs> it's so good. Definitely watch it. It's good. But back to my original point with Brokeback Mountain, I think Jake Gyllenhaal was nominated because of nepotism. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, the that, end. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and then another one that I picked that uh, Kristen didn't was A Brother's Grimm with Matt Damon, um, which is about the people who are responsible for all of the stories that Disney has taken and made pretty. Um, that was originally very morbid and horrific. Like, the real Cinderella is horrific. Um, the real Gretel and Hansel is horrific. Um, and the Brothers Grimm is responsible for a lot of those fairy tale stories. Um, and it's really fun. It's really dark. It's super funny if you're into weird humor. Um, and I thought Heath Ledger knocked it out. He's really good at weird humor. So that's where, that's, that's, those are the two that I picked that Kristen did not. Yeah. Mine are better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? Just kidding. Okay. What? Uh, no, but I did pick – so I picked The Patriot for one. The Patriot um, 
I'm a big fan of, like, historical fiction. And um, so The Patriot, in general, was a fantastic movie. But, again, I think... I think the reason I like Heath Ledger in this film is we talk about, like, you can, you know, he does the pain well. You can see the depth of emotion in his face when he acts. Like, in 10 Things I Hate About You when she's reading the poem, he looks crushed. And in Brokeback Mountain, he looks sad. And in, you know, like, everything he does. So, like, just the emotion... It's the rawness of him, yeah. So that's like that came through in his role in the Patriot, um, and I know he wasn't the only starring role, but uh, that was probably one of my favorite movies that he did, just because it was one of my favorite genres, and he just plays that hurt intense so well. Yeah, I was gonna put the Patriot, but spoilers, it doesn't end well for that character. <laughs> Um, and it just it makes me upset it makes me so angry (laughs) like I'm so angry about it but it is it is a good Megan needs therapy after this session I I do I need I need to talk to a therapist and maybe watch some office (laughs) something to make me laugh Um, but yes Um, (laughs) but yes I think it it is a great movie and he acted the hell out of it alright and the last one is The Dark Knight I did not yes, put it in night. my top five. I did not put it in my top five, but I put it as special mention. And the reason why is because I don't proactively watch a Dark Knight over and over again. Um, so it's like it's not on my like rewatch list the way that Ten Things I Hate About You, A Night's Tale, The Fourth. I even watched Brokeback Mountain a few times more than A Night's Tale. Um, but you cannot. Um, deny he rocked the hell out of that role um, and oh. deserved the post and deserved the posthumous um, Oscar for that role even though I think he should have done it for Brokeback Mountain but we'll talk about that we'll stop talking about that um, so um, <laughs> I read a cool interesting yeah, story yeah, about him with that movie um, an interesting story about him with The Dark Knight is that he apparently, like, got a hotel room and, like, buried himself in this role for, like, a month before filming. Like, reading the comments, meditating, trying to figure out what kind of voice to use, what kind of laugh to use, like, buried yeah. himself in it. And I, they say that it had a very negative effect on his health, which obviously um, oh, probably yeah. true. The Joker... The Joker is one of the most unhinged villains to exist in this fictional landscape. It, he, he is not a sane person. Um, right. And if you're doing the method acting, um, there there is psychological things, uh, which again, which is why Daniel Day-Lewis only does a movie once every four or five years, right? And why he's retired um, is because he's a method actor. And when you are so Im- putting yourself in- into a position where you're like trying to take on all the stresses and the mental, you know, the mental health deficits of a character, it wears you down. It does. Yeah, and his, um, and and he described 
the, his Joker, he's like, he's a psychopath. He's a straight sociopathic mass murderer with no feeling whatsoever for other people. And so imagine burying yourself in that role. Not yeah, caring about anyone. Hell. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I so not a good, uh, not I, a good place for someone I, who has mental issues already. Yes, I think that there was definitely other stuff going on, but uh, I mean, there's a reason why I think that probably. Oh, it. And when you're again, when you're a method actor, you kind of have to learn. You you have to learn your your what you need to bounce back from it. Um, yeah. And he was very young and trying to get his career going, so he didn't have that. You know, like Daniel Day Lewis got to a point and then decided, you know, I'm going to take a movie every once for every every four years because I need three years to, to like disentangle myself from this, this person that I played. Um, but yeah, but there's no doubt that he, he acted the hell out of that role. Um, and he is a very terrifying joker. Like he is not, he's like terrifying. <laughs> he, he is a joker. He's definitely not Heath Ledger in that movie. No ounce of him whatsoever. Um, I think that's kind of why it's uh, why I don't watch it as much is because he, he, he did get it that terrifying. Um, and there's a couple of scenes in that movie that just make my sc- my skin crawl like so bad. Um, but he, he acted the hell out of it. So that is Heath Ledger. I love him. I adore mm-hmm. him. I like his, I even like his other stuff like his photography his poems, the other things that he does in his art space. Um, but we were we were definitely robbed of a lot of a lot of good things, I think, when it comes to him. But what he did give us is pretty good. Um, other things that we did not mention um, is uh, I'm not there, the Bob Dylan um, mythical storytelling, Casanova, where he plays the legendary ladies man which is funny. Um, Lord's of Dogtown, which is about the beginning of the skateboarding culture. The Order, which is super dark as hell. Ned Kelly, who is a historical um, man of importance for Australia. Uh, Monster's Ball, which is the Oscars winning movie, also super sad um, and super tragic. Um, and then he did a TV series called Roar, which is like a medieval TV series. And that is always fun to look at that's like when he was baby Heath Ledger um, so he's, he's done a lot of really good things yeah alright so Chris yes. um, what is your nerdy obsession so it's weird so again I don't have a lot of time to watch TV right now most of the time I have TV on in the background so it has to be something that I don't need to pay hard attention to. And so I've been watching the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team, and I'm obsessed, and I have one episode left, so I need to know who made the team. <laughs> That's awesome. That's where I'm at in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Um, I really have nothing new nerdy to report to you. I'm still reading comic books. Um I'm still super into that world right now. Um, but I'm super nerdy about cleaning. Like, I did, like, some deep-seated cleaning, like, where you move your furniture to clean kind of cleaning. Um, yes. So that was uh, – so that's kind of what I was nerdy about today. 
Um, and hopefully I'll have a different nerdy thing for you I guys like next week. Yeah. All right, so we want feedback on what to discuss in the world of nerdum, so please give us feedback and follow us at talknerdy underscore radio on Twitter. Make sure you bookmark www.nerdprobs.com for articles and blogs and reviews for books. Uh, join the book club, bookclubs with a Z.com and com under just one more chapter book club. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well, um, able to get there. And next week, me and Kristen will be back, God willing, um, to talk about um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix for a TV and book show. So stoked about that. Yeah, one. yeah. Super like, excited. You need to. You need to have a lot of caffeine and make it like a two and a half hour show. Yes. So I have a lot to say about the Order of the Phoenix because I have feeling I have feelings about the book. It was like my least favorite. And then I listened to the audiobook and it was way better. So I have so many I have like heard it. I feel like I have a better understanding of the red version of it. So I'm very excited to talk about it. I am glad that your opinion of that book has gotten better because it is probably one of my favorites. Like, I don't okay. know why. It's, I know so. why, because you are 100% left brain. That's why. I mean, yes. Well, not fully, but yes. <laughs> no, not fully. But you have, you're have you a heavier left brain than right brain. And Maybe. <laughs> I feel like this is a left brain book. Cool. Well, I'm glad that you have cracked the code, and we'll have lots of things to talk about okay. next week for the show. All right, everyone, have a wonderful rest of your week. Happy Thanksgiving to you American folk, um, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.